Welcome to Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs take on the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium with a chance to do a few things. They can win their club record 14th game of the season. Also, a victory clinches the number one seed in the AFC playoffs and presents Andy Reid with a decision should he rest starters for the Week 17 game against the Chargers. Star columnists Vahe Gregorian and beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell address the considerations that would go into that decision. Also, we discussed options for the Chiefs if linebacker Anthony Hitchens on the COVID-19 list right now, and running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who injured his hip and ankle in last week's victory over the New Orleans Saints, can't go on Sunday. Columnist Sam Mellinger is taking the week off. So let's get started talking Chiefs. When I hear that intro music, I know to get out of whatever I'm reading and join you on Sportsbeat Live. Uh, good morning from Kansas City. And thanks for joining us on a Wednesday and not a Thursday. We altered the schedule this week because of the holidays. And listen, I hope everybody's going to have a, a, a great holiday weekend. Um, you know how this works. We talk Chiefs with you. Uh, we take your questions and comments. Please send them along, and we talk Chiefs with our esteemed panel of Vahe Gregorian in his green sweater this morning. Hey, Vahe. Blair, I did what I could for the cause. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. Um, Sam McDowell is here. What's up, Sam? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, And Herbie Teope is also here, not in his green sweater. Peace to you, Herbie. Esteemed panel with the exception of Sam McDowell. Sam Mellinger, already in the Christmas spirit, uh, taking a few days off uh, to spend with his family. Happy to see it. And uh, he will be joining us on Sunday for the Chiefs postgame Sports Beat Live. So I've got a lot of ground to cover this week, even though uh, one of the reasons that we that we run this show on Thursday is so we could have at least one day of Chiefs press conferences to talk about uh, on Wednesday not only does Andy Reid speak, but so does Patrick Mahomes and other players. And we get, if nothing else, an injury report. So we get the sort of the latest updates on um, on the Chiefs' injured players and, and what that might mean for the upcoming game. So we don't have that advantage today, but we do know that uh, that one we think we know we think that one player is going to be on that on that list today. That uh, news broke yesterday about this, and it is uh, Chiefs linebacker Anthony Hitchens uh, appeared on the NFL's COVID nineteen list on Tuesday. That has a lot of ramifications here, Herbie. Why don't you um, take us through exactly? Remind us what it means to be on the list, and and then we can talk about what it means for the position. Yeah, he landed on the list, and initially the NFL's transaction report doesn't indicate whether he tested positive or whether he was uh, at risk of being a high high contact, uh, high risk contact with someone who did test positive. Uh, the NFL Network eventually came out and said it was a high risk contact, which means he's going to have to go through five days of protocol in isolation, and so he might be available for Sunday's game if all the tests come back, you know, in his favor. This, this affects them tremendously because if he doesn't play, don't forget Damian Wilson, their other starting linebacker, has missed the last two games with a knee injury. Emmanuel Smith, the guy they called up from the practice squad to play on Sunday against the Saints, hurt his hamstring. 
Dorian O'Daniel, who provided death, is now on injured reserve with an ankle injury. They're pretty thin all of a sudden. If Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens can't play, they're down to Ben Neiman, uh, Darius Harris, and the rookie Willie Gay Jr. Those are the only three linebackers that they have currently on the active roster. <laughs> that strikes me as being a um, close to an emergency situation for the Chiefs at that position. And for those that have been clamoring for Willie Gay to get more snaps, um, I, I think we'll, we would absolutely see that on, on Sunday if, if Anthony Hitchens can't play. The other, the other aspect of it is, I, I, he, quietly, Hitchens is having a pretty good season. Um, he's the green dot guy and calls the defensive signals. I guess that would go to Neiman, wouldn't it, if, if Hitchens can't go? The other option they could probably do, because um, remember, their safeties, uh, Tyron Matthews specifically and Daniel Sorensen, they play a lot in the box. So they might have one of them ship down and take the linebacker position. But if they go traditional, who calls the you're, you're absolutely correct. The green dot is the guy who is responsible for calling the defensive plays. It might be Ben Neiman. Yeah, you mentioned um, you mentioned Tyron Matthew and. Um... And Daniel Sorensen, those guys are one in two in terms of defensive snaps for the Chiefs this year. Tyron Matthew rarely comes off the field, uh, 97% of the defensive snaps, and Sorensen's 86% of the defensive snaps for the Chiefs this year. So um, it's certainly something to keep an eye on today. You and Sam McDowell will be all over the the press conference to to give us the updates, I'm sure we'll hear about um, you know just just where things stand with Anthony Hitchens and the position uh, group uh, today and as the week unfolds. Uh, but of course, the other big injury news uh, occurred in the game on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints in the fourth quarter. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was uh, on his way to ha- he ha- was having a terrific game, um, 97 yards, 79 yards rushing, uh, one of his better outputs of the season. Was running hard, doing a great job. And then on a tackle, he got bent in all sorts of ways and stretched out. And we, we think we know his status. Um, Sam McDowell, do you do we know any more than what uh, the one NFL Network reported on on um, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday? No, I mean it looks like you know. I mean he's he's probably going to miss these last two regular season games, but there's a shot at him um, coming back for the playoffs. You know, I, I thought live that that injury probably looked more painful than it was an actual um, serious injury. And when we do know that his, his x-rays were clean after the game. So I think we'll probably hear from Andy Reid today that, that he, he's not, or now I was going to say he's not practicing, but now we're talking to these guys after practice because of the schedule change. I think we'll hear that, that he didn't go today. That's what I'm guessing um, that he, that he didn't go. You're, you're right. He, um, when I saw the, when Andy Reid comes out to check on a player, you know, that's, you know, there's a, an issue there and he was just, he was split. He was bent backwards. It was just a, uh, a, a tough uh, tackle. And uh, he just uh, it looked very uncomfortable, maybe the best way to put it. Um so what what are the Chiefs' options at running back now? And and uh, I think we know who's who the next man up is. And don't doesn't Brett Beach look pretty smart for the signing he made after what was week three or four of this season? Yeah, I mean I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Le'Veon Bell. And um, you know Daryl Williams has run pretty well in the glimpses we've seen him over the past month. So I think I don't think it's going to be a situation where Le'Veon Bell's on the field for ninety percent of the snaps. I still think we'll see a backup, and that that guy will be Daryl Williams. Um, you know, Herbie reported yesterday that they did add Elijah McGuire to the 
practice squad. And now you've got the option this year to elevate guys from the practice squad. I still think it's probably, um, and I know Elijah McGuire was with the team last year on the practice squad, but I still think it's probably early, um, you know, only a couple days in to, to try and get him up to speed in time for Sunday. Um, Herbie can correct me if he disagrees there, but I, I still I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Le'Veon Bell. But I, I think Daryl Williams is going to factor into the game plan as well. Yeah, and the same, you're absolutely correct. I'm not going to have Elijah McGuire uh, having any carries on Sunday, I don't believe. If anything, it's a death move. you got to have the death at the running back position. Here's the hint that the Chief knew that Edward Jolaire was going to miss time. They, they didn't waste any, any time on Monday. They brought Elijah McGuire in for a visit, and then on Tuesday he was signed. So that, that's a good sign. Well, that projects as a good sign that they knew Edward Jolaire was going to miss these last two games because they needed another running back in that room. Yeah, Blair, one, just one other thing. I mean, we're talking about the depth, but I, I do think there's a, a fortunate twist here in a way for the Chiefs that, you know, Andy Reid, even in the last two weeks, has talked about that, you know, Le'Veon's intelligent, but but that this offense, his style, understanding the personnel around him, all of that takes time. And it seems like probably to from my point of view anyway, maybe to other outside viewers, like well, it seems like a long time by now that, that uh, it hasn't completely gelled. And I think this is going to, um, I don't know if it's going to accelerate the, the pace or not, but it's going to certainly give him more, more looks, more exposure, more, more snaps. Um, and they'll, they'll know more about where he is with certain things he can and can't do yet. No, that, that's right. Um, uh, and, and look, the, the Chiefs, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a bit, uh, as we get some clarity on their seating, and they have an opportunity here to not, you know, to rest a player for, uh, a month, basically. Final two games of the regular season, the first round of the playoffs, and then they would play in, in round two, the, the second week of the NFL playoffs. So we, we don't exactly know what all is wrong with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Andrew Leifer, um, you know, says that uh, uh, he thinks it more could be more of a hip thing. And, um, and, and you know, of course, there's a, the, the high ankle sprain prospect as well. But, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a month would be could be a sufficient time to to get back into you know to, to get his health back. And look, the running back position is something that we've kind of I don't know overlooked, but it's it's it seems to be you know less of an issue than or less important than than in previous years. Um, it's less important until you lose your starter, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? Who do they have? And and um, and David Kevin Boswell reminds us that Darwin Thompson's still on the roster as well, no former draft pick, but has become a, a more of a special teams specialist for the Chiefs. But um, can the Chiefs uh, finish out the regular season with Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams, and Darwin Thompson as their as their running back depth chart? Blair, just a quick thought. I'd like to picture a game where the Chiefs run an empty backfield the whole game and just see what happens. Yeah. I think they'd have a shot. I say yes. I'm going to say yes because Bell is battle-tested. He's been in the playoffs before with the Steelers. We know his past. I think I think they can handle it with him. Uh, and not only that, they're so, so pass-heavy. You know, they don't really rely on the running game like some other teams, like the Tennessee Titans would. So you're not asking – Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams, or Darwin Thompson uh, to be a, a Derrick Henry type running back. Those those types of running backs are a thing of the past these days. You know, it, as long as they're able to, to to figure out a way to distribute the ball between the running backs they have on the roster and and still take care of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I think they'll be fine. 
And maybe, you know, among the more important things that Chiefs running back Doug is, does is pick up a blitzing, you know, linebacker or, or defensive back. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire has improved in that over the season. Le'Veon Bell's a pro. I don't think that's an issue with him. And Darrell Williams may be better than all of them when it comes to picking up a, uh, <clears throat> you know, the extra rusher, which is so important in for what the Chiefs are, um, you know, are, are trying to do. So we'll see. I, I you know, the Falcons, the four and ten Falcons come to Arrowhead Stadium. The is it five and nine Chargers the following week. So um, those are the, the the football equivalent of first world problems that, that the Chiefs are having right now. Um, they still have you know, look. They're they're still um, having issues, injury injuries on the offensive line. Herbie, before we go any further, and I know this this requires probably an Andy Reid comment today, and I'm sure you'll ask him about that. But do you have any sense of uh, of, of the offensive line and uh, where things stand in terms of injured players? Well, we do know that Mike Rummers missed Sunday's game with a back injury and neck injury, and I specifically asked Andy Reid on Monday what is going on with Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, the key thing being, will he be available for the postseason? And we know Reed can sometimes be transparent with injuries. If he was optimistic that a player would be back for the postseason, it would be basically say, you know, it, we'll see. He gave a, I don't know. <laughs> so that kind of like raises the alarm that maybe sports won't be available. But, you know, it's really going to come down to how sports feels, how his back feels. And Reed pointed out it's really also with the doctors, how the doctors see it. Uh, the good news is we haven't had Rick Burkholder come out on a Wednesday to give an injury update. So that's usually an ominous sign if Rick Burkholder comes out on a Wednesday and says, this is what's going on with an injury. We haven't had that with Schwartz. And if he doesn't come out today and address Edward Zolaire, then that might be good news for Edward Zolaire as well. Anybody want to take a stab at who the Chiefs' second leading rusher is? Patrick Holmes. <laughs> I can't get anything by you guys. <laughs> um so yeah, that was uh, so. When Brian LeBurge, uh was asking about uh, Mahomes rushing, I, I quickly went to the stats just to confirm that yeah, he's he had the twenty-four yarder against the Saints the uh, on Sunday, which was uh, one of his nicer runs of the year. Okay, that. I mean, his, his runs have come at timely, you know, points where they needed a first down, and here here he is. You know, you think he's going to do it with his arm? The defense plays back, and he just kills him. Knows exactly where the sticks are. You know, that's he just knows exactly where the sticks are. Yeah, go ahead, Bye. Well, I was going to say say that, too. There's a precision of his understanding what he's trying to do on the run. It, every so often he stays up a little longer than you'd like, maybe. But but there's a there's there's a purpose to it. But the thing that I've really started noticing and maybe he's been doing it all along and I'm just slow to the slow to the realization. It's very interesting, particularly when he's running, how he use physically uses the ball Um for even extra misdirection or, or, or deception um, in ways that with other people, I wouldn't trust as much. And I'd be saying, you know, he's carrying it like a loaf of bread. What's he doing with him? You feel like it's part of the, part of the whole spectacle of, you know, getting people away from him. Um, he uses it effectively, you know, in setting up passes too. It's just, I just kind of started focusing on that in a different way. I, I you guys may think it, it's been that way all along or it's nothing new, but it's just struck me lately. Well, how, no, how the, Marcus Robinson runs the same way. They both have that talent. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it feels different. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, I love McDowell. That's my guy. I love him. Well, how, how about his option keeper? Uh, the the Le'Veon Bell touchdown run against the Saints. That's, I mean, that that's, speaks directly to Mahomes' talent. He, you know, 
fools the linebacker or the the defensive end and uh, and then pitches it at the precise you know gets five yards downfield and pitches it at the precise right moment and what did what did Bell say after the game he's never had an easier touchdown in his NFL career yeah but Blair that might be a good uh, sort of full circle to this conversation um, because Le'Veon Bell was really on the same page with Mahomes on that play he said he expected Mahomes to pitch that ball even though he'd already crossed the line of scrimmage which does show that there is a connection that's developing there because he also mentioned that most quarterbacks wouldn't do that. So the fact he expected his quarterback to do that um, illustrates that it it must be in practice that they've gotten on the same page a little bit. But to to your point, I think these last two weeks will only aid that process. The, The thing that impressed me the most about that play wasn't that Bell scored. It was the fact that Andy Reid and Mahomes went right at that right defense receiver, the left defensive end, slash right tackle side. But the play before that, Cam Jordan was ejected. Cam Jordan is pretty good against the run, and they picked on Carl Grand, poor Carl Granderson. They went right at him, and that was pretty darn good. They recognized who was there. That's the running equivalent of picking on a cornerback who just, you know, the rookie corner who just came into the game to replace, you know, the, the veteran who, who needed to play off. So um, that's, that's, a good, that's a good point, Herbie. Okay, we uh, talked a little bit about it. Chiefs have a Chiefs have a um, two game lead with two games to play in, um, in, in in terms of the the AFC West after the Steelers ended up losing to the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Boy, the Steelers are reeling, right? Uh, is it three in a row after starting eleven and zero? So um, Chiefs thirteen and one. The Steelers and the Bills both at eleven and three. That means the Chiefs just have to win one of their final two games to clinch the uh, the number one seed. And um, even if there's the crazy finish for the Chiefs and they go zero and two in these final two games, there's still a a seventy six percent chance that they would finish as the number one seed in the AFC because if Buffalo and the Steelers also finished um, thirteen and three, the, the the several sets of tiebreakers. Uh, it would it would fall to strength of schedule, and you know this all of this depends on the outcomes of other games over the next two weeks. But it looks like the Chiefs would have the strongest strength of schedule among those three teams. So it's almost like there's no chance the Chiefs don't get the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Of course, that's important this year, not just because it means you don't have to play anywhere but your home stadium, but you um, you get one fewer game to play, and, and that's the point of me bringing this up. Would that one day, that one week of hey, rest, Blair, um, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, Andy Reed, unlimited for him to make the decision to rest City Stars in Week 17. Let's just say the Chiefs beat the Falcons Sign up now on, for one year um, of Sunday Pass for access to all the sports the news, features, and columns what presented on the KansasCity.com site, with and it's only thirty dollars. That's forty percent savings Tyree off Matthew, our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically well, hey, renew after We've the initial Andy term do at it 50 bucks. We have to it both ways. And, you know, we, we think about this both in terms of rest, but also risk of injury, right? And, and that's, that's the, the, the and big question. And you're right, Blair. It becomes important. a fundamentally different question if you've got that next week off. You've got um, more cushion, but it doesn't alleviate any risk during a game either. So I tend to think that he would – Pull, pull back uh, for that last game if that number one seed's assured. And, and I just I, – I don't see why you would um, put that exposure out there. I, I, I get that the X factor is staying sharp, though. And that's uh, that's something that they'll have to – they'll have to figure out. 
You know, we know Andy has that extraordinary record after a bye during the regular season. I can't remember how that's played out in the playoffs, but I suspect it's pretty good record in the playoffs when he's had the bye on the few occasions he had, has had it. So uh, my hunch would just be that, that they would, they would pull back. Um, it's an interesting question, though, whether you would pull back fully, right, like and start Chad Henney. Um, I don't know. I, I, I tend to lean that way, though. Treat it like a preseason game. If you've already if you've already clinched the number one seed heading into the season finale, and if your intent is to keep, get your guys a few snaps, then treat it like a preseason game. Get, give the first two series to the the first team offense, and then pull them. You know, and, and to Vahe's point, the injuries it's always the unknown. But let, let's not forget last year. Granted, they didn't know they clinched yet, but Juan Thornhill suffered uh, an ACL injury in the season finale. So you know they had to make some moves or shuffle the back end of the coverage in the play playoffs. But, you know, Thornhill was a huge loss. And I, I don't think you want to risk that, knowing that you want to make a run at the Super Bowl again. Yeah, th- this situation is ripe for hindsight, you know, no matter what they do. Um, I will say the one thing that I wonder if is going to be a factor is this team had no offseason. They did not have OTAs. Did not, they did not have a preseason. And they came out on opening night and destroyed the Houston Texans. And I wonder if the, you know, because obviously the one side of the spectrum is, do you want to stay sharp? Do you want to risk losing your edge? I wonder if they look back at that and say, hey, d- despite all of that, they still looked really good on opening night and they hadn't played a football game since February. And that's a fantastic point, Mac, because if you remember after that game and even the week following the game, that question did come up a few times with some of the players. And they mentioned that the reason why they looked so good was because of how Andy Reid had schemed everything out or the plans in place during training camp. So they were able to hit the ground running like they didn't miss anything. How much of a consideration should it be if Patrick Mahomes um, is on the the edge of an MVP award or, you know, he he goes into uh, week 17 needing 150 passing yards to get to 5,000 or Travis Kelsey has the consecutive game uh, reception streak going over, you know, well over a hundred. Um, did those types of things factor into a decision? I don't think it should, you know, remember you, all these people will always say it, it's, it's never about individual goals. It's about the team goal. And the team goal is to get to the Super Bowl. As far as the MVP vote, those votes have probably already been uh, submitted. I, I remember way back when, when I used to have a vote until I stopped paying my membership dues, and that's beside the point. <laughs> a lot of that stuff was already submitted by week 15 coming into now, week 16. Because, we, you know, the vote is set up and designed because if you run into this scenario, there won't be a players playing in week 17. So some of those votes have already probably been put in. You know, it was interesting the other day. I, 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 Sam McDowell, I think you were asking about this, or maybe it was somebody else, but your face was on my screen. Um, Andy, cognizance of... Travis Kelsey's numbers, like Andy was sort of at once, as I recall anyway, saying, I don't really know what those numbers are, but I thought he gave a little hint that he's, if he knows about these things and they, they come to historic significance, you know, he's, he's as uh, likely as pretty likely to try to make it work again, if it's not out of the range or out of the scheme of things. So back to the point you made, Herbie, earlier, I could see if, if some things are at stake that could be achieved with uh, two series, you know, in the in the finale. I think I, there might be a, 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 a some Andy force feeding of a, a record or two. OK, I've written down Herbie not paying membership fees is a topic to revisit at some point. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, it? 
<laughs> and can we not revisit the fact? I, I, like, the, so during these Chiefs press Zoom calls, the, uh, Vahe just has my picture pinned up on the on the screen. Sam <laughs> Mac on Vahe's screen. Okay, got it. Um. As long as, as long as there's not a McDowell shrine in Vahe's house, we're good. <laughs> hey, just another thing to keep in mind, you know. Drew Brees has uh, – I said it, Herbie, not you. Keep that uh, in mind. Drew Brees has five 5,000-yard 5, passing seasons. Um, nobody else has more than one. So it would be kind of a nice – it would be a nice get if Mahomes could, could reach 5,000 yards. But keep this in mind, too. Starting next year, there will be an additional regular season game. We're talking about a 17-game regular season, not a 16-game regular season starting next year. So – they're, you know, those types of records uh, when it comes to total season totals, maybe we look at them a little differently starting next year anyway. So uh, so we'll see if week 17 becomes a Chase Daniel week for <laughs> for the Chiefs. Or Mahomes week. Didn't he start week 17? Uh, that's right. Patrick Mahomes week. He started week 17. Boy, how how interesting does that turn out to be in the in the history of uh you know, of the Chiefs. Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about that game with Sam not on the call, I don't think. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, Glenn Rice wants to know if this is the airing of grievances. Happy Festivus, guys. Um, is this Glenn Rice of Kansas City? Yes. Yeah. Glenn, it is. Glenn from Kansas City? <laughs> That's what our group text is for. <laughs> All right, let's let's begin to wind it down with this uh, uh, this topic. Pro Bowl selections uh, came out this week, and the Chiefs had seven, matching the most of of any team. Irving, do you remember? Do you know them off the top of your head? Seahawks, Baltimore Ravens, and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you, you mentioned how many you had seven or the Pro Bowl. There, there were seven Pro Bowl selections, right? Or, yeah, you had Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, Eric Fisher, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. Uh, I mean, was that Frank uh, Clark? Yeah, yeah, Frank Clark and uh, oh boy, who was the seventh one? Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Hello. There you go. Any surprises? Uh, probably not. Uh, I, I think Fisher did have a, a pretty darn good season this year. He was solid as heck. I, well, maybe maybe Frank Clark is a surprise to me. Uh, you know. I don't think we've seen the sacks that we would have liked to see. Even Chris Jones only has six and a half. Clark is entering uh, week 16 with just, or excuse me, yeah, we're in 16 now, with just five sacks on the year. I don't know if that's Pro Bowl caliber. Uh, you know, usually when you see fan voting, they're amazed by not just the name, but also the numbers. And so, you know, you're always going to get people who were snubbed, but, you know, the, the fan spoke, so that's who it was. I just wonder if people are seeing something we're not seeing with uh, with Frank Clark. It's just the numbers the numbers aren't there. And look, that was kind of the case during the regular season last year. And it was about this time of year that he went to a different gear. And in the postseason, he was just fantastic. I think that's what Chiefs fans have to be hoping for this time around with Frank Clark. I will say when you watch the, the tape from this last game, I thought Frank Clark had as good of a day as, as he's had all season. He was really active in the backfield consistently against the Saints. I, I thought he was really good in the game. You know, when I watch Frank Clark and I, and I watch replays, the thing that strikes me is um, if he had a second move, but but it's everything it seems to be trying to beat his his guy around you know at, at the edge and it doesn't cut back inside or doesn't have a spin or 
or at least we don't see it or if it's, it's not effective anyway. And, um, and maybe it won't matter down the stretch and in, in the postseason. But I always think of Frank Clark, you know, being able to develop a second move would uh, a solid second move that would really help him. So, okay, uh, guys, we're on a we're on a Christmas schedule, so we're going to end this a little earlier today than we usually do. So, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Top, and in spirit, Sam Mellinger. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you all for your questions and your comments. And please, please join us after uh, Sunday's Chiefs-Falcons game, which begins at noon. And um, and we would be remiss if we didn't say thank you to Beth Welsh, our producer, and Merry Christmas to Beth as well. So, okay, guys, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make this podcast happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Todd Feedback, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented compadres, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow, you'll hear the best of Sports Beat KC from 2020. I hope you enjoyed that. Have a happy holiday season, and after tomorrow's show, we'll be back on Monday breaking down Chiefs Falcons.